Hey everybody, you're kicking it with the homeboys in the homeboys podcast and we are super stoked today. We've got a very exciting show. We've got a really awesome guest, Vince Hollerman, aka Money Coach Vince, someone that we have been following for a very long time. We've been watching his videos. We dig all of his views on financial literacy and saving for the future and really speaking to our youth. He's here with us today and we are exceptionally honored. So anyhow, Mr. Vince, how we doing? Doing good, blessed. Uh, just just amazed to be here. Glad to be on your uh, platform. I love what y'all do. Y'all videos are entertaining. Um, very entertaining. I love all the cuts and stuff. So just glad to be here, ready to learn, ready to talk, and you know, have a good time. Well, we uh you know, we're I'm coming at you today with just one homeboy. Scotty is uh is away. He's at Yellowstone with his dad. I'm glad he's out there having a good time, but he is uh he is missed. But uh, but nonetheless, you know, we uh, he would say the same thing. We're super stoked uh, to have you on. We have watched a lot of your videos. And I think the reason why we watch a lot of your your videos is because we are so like minded and we have so much in common and share a lot of the same views um, that you do. But first of all, let's just kind of uh, let's get to know Vince a little bit. Tell us a little a bit about you. Yeah, so. Uh... My name is Vince Holloman. From I'm originally from Georgia, uh, the dirty South, South Georgia. That's where I'm from. Um, uh, single parent home, two younger brothers. Uh, so I'm the oldest in my family, and um, you know, just took a took a chance on myself and got recruited to play football at the University of Delaware. So uh, that brought me up to Delaware, and um, you know, where you know, pretty much my whole career and everything that I'm, that I'm doing now started. So, um, at Delaware, I was the four year starter there, um, had the opportunity to play with the Eagles. Uh, surprisingly, I mean, it wasn't surprising to me. I, you know, I put in the work and everything. I was pretty good when I played at Delaware, but, um, that didn't work out for me in the end. So I ultimately had to find a, a way to start making some money, right. You get into the real world and, uh, you know, things hit you, especially when you go to college on a full ride, you're not paying for anything. And all of a sudden you got bills and stuff that you got to pay for. So, um, immediately, you know, went into the workforce. Uh, I, I graduated with a degree in economics. So, um, um, I immediately got a job to work with, uh, Morgan Stanley right out of, right out of school. So everything lined up pretty good for me, which is, you know, probably why I just, you know, was able to stay up here and Delaware this whole time, but um, started work, started working there, and I was working with financial advisors there, and you know that really gave me a sense of you know more about money. College taught me a little bit, but you know seeing the other side, you know actually working with financial advisors and seeing you know how to set up accounts and stuff like that really got me into the whole financial industry. From there, um, I, I went to financial advisor route. I went to get license, life insurance license, investment license. So I was fully licensed, you know, pretty much a year out of college, a year and a half, close to two years out of college. And that's what really grounded me in the entire financial industry. So, you know, that time period was when I really got my experience, really got my roots in and really started learning about everything that I needed to learn about the business as well as clients and how to run a business. And um, I eventually said, you know what? 
let me try to run this thing. Let me try to do this thing on my own uh, without a company or, you know, without having the back, the backbone of a company didn't go well for me. <laughs> so, you know, being young, being in a place where, um, you know, I didn't really know anybody and, you know, I came up here for college and stuff like that. I didn't have a, um, a good market. They would say, you know, to get started with, um, with that. So, um, took a break, you know, went back to, to the nine to five route. I started working with FedEx. So I don't know if y'all, uh, have seen my TikTok videos, but if you go to the very beginning, um, I, I was still working at FedEx before I got yeah. on, um, yeah. you know, TikTok and social media. But uh, from from there, um, uh, I got back into the game. I started, you know, saying, let me take my knowledge and education that I learned throughout those years, about three and a half years, of, you know, sitting with clients and, you know, going to different seminars and things, learning and having my licenses and helping people invest and all that type of stuff. I, I got a really good, vast experience and knowledge just on the financial industry and people and behaviors and all that itself. So I hopped online with it and started educating online and started doing videos just because that's what I wanted to do, you know, and it, it was really just what I like to do. I like talking numbers. I like talking facts. I like being logical with people and breaking things down to its simplest form. And then one one day it all just blew up for me. Uh, when I went viral on TikTok, so um, that's what that's that's a little bit about me. My basically my whole story, where I'm from, and how I, where I am today. So when you when you say that, you know, it didn't go well for you in the in the beginning, man. Yeah. That's one thing that I that I that I love is like, um, you know, I'm a big motivational guy. I listen to you know all kinds of different things online from Sylvester Stallone to Kevin Hart to you name it. Some of these uh, Denzel Washington, um, some of the the Rock Dwayne the Rock Johnson. I listen to all these people and their work ethic. And man, it's it's always interesting to hear like when things don't go well. And all those guys I just named, it it didn't go well for any of those guys. And if anyone that's listening wants to hear some really cool stories, go to YouTube and listen to these uh, these celebrities because, man, they were like really I – mean, Stallone had to sell his dog so he could eat, you know, at one point in time. It's bananas to hear some of these stories. But when it, whenever it wasn't going well, like how, what was your mindset? Was, was, it, was it hard to, you know, keep plowing forward or was it just like, you know what, uh, you know, one foot in front of the other, I'm going to make this happen? You know, t- tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, honestly, it was hard. I, I know a lot of people say, well, you know, my mindset is I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep pressing forward. But it's it's honestly hard, you know, even for anybody else that's ever been through something tough. Um, for me, it was, it was difficult, especially being young, um, being the oldest. I didn't want, you know, to run back home and tell my mom, oh, I need some help and stuff like that. So, I, you know, I had that pride element going for me as well that really made it difficult, but, um, it was, it was tough. There was, there was times and a lot of people don't know this. This is, this is why this is a special show. A lot of people don't know this, but, um, um, I was really struggling. It was like one month left on my lease for rent at this time. I was really struggling, you know, to make income and stuff. And, you know, I was doing everything. Um, you know, I scrambled, I, you know, I was able to scramble everything up and, you know, get the last month of rent. And, but, um, at one point I was delivering newspapers um, I was delivering pizzas at night. Uh, I didn't sleep. I was sleeping in my in my truck, in my car sometimes, um, you know, just to, you know, get through and make it to the next day. But, um, yeah, it was definitely difficult during that time period. And, you know, I had to, you know, scramble and get back on my feet. 
And that's when I really discovered, you know, hey, um, I got all these streams of income. I'm doing all these things. You know, of course, I'm spending all my time for it. But let me get serious about my money. Maybe I can, you know, find a way to, you know, manage my money uh, correctly so that I don't have to, you know, work multiple jobs and do multiple things and, you know, get back on my feet. So that's that's what happened for me. Um, I took all the, the information and knowledge that I was, you know, really teaching other people and clients during this whole time when I was licensed and, you know, wasn't making money to, you know, focus towards myself and building myself up. Right. I, I went into some debt, major credit card debt because trying to fund a business um, using credit cards and all that stuff. So, um, you know, going through that time definitely was tough. But I, but I would say just, you know, my mindset of, you know, I was listening to videos like you were with, you know, to the rock and E.T. and all these people online and, you know, just reading books. I was real heavy on, on reading books and um, that stuff helped me carry through during those tough times to eventually get back up, up on my feet to be able to, you know, start something new and start doing what I was passionate about. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard. And, you know, Scotty and I could, could both talk about our, our paths. You know, we, we've had lots of up and ups and downs too. And, you know, yeah. right after I got my feet underneath me, uh, then the great recession happened and that like it changed everything. And I literally didn't make a paycheck for, you know, three or four yeah. years, you know, uh, you know, whenever that happened. And, you know, I think it's important for everyone to know that it doesn't have to be, you know, a life defining, um, you know, it doesn't have to define your life. It's actually a, a, a new starting point that like, I look back, like whenever I was, Whenever I was down and not doing nearly as well, I learned so much through that exactly. time that I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't change it for anything because it 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 helped me. And then to hear you say, um, you know, talking about getting, uh, you know, your finances in in the right order and 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 starting to look at that, you know, that, that is something that is so important. And I think one thing that fascinates Scotty and I about you know your content is. You know your your approach is it's almost a little old old school. You know where you know I grew up with a dad that would that was very very cognizant of financial literacy, and he kind of would lead me down that path. And we feel like, man, the stuff that 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 you're saying are simple techniques that people should be listening to that could make such a huge difference in their life. And it's not, doesn't have to be that difficult, but, you know, I think today in today's day and age, we see, um, especially with a lot of our youth, they just don't want to hear that. And it's, we talked about it a little bit before, before we started the show. Um, you know, what's, so what's, what's the, uh, first of all, talk about your content. And then, then I want to talk about, the reception that you receive from your content, but we're going to, we're going to post a few um, TikToks where we highlight some of your, um, some of your content as well. And, you know, we'll tag them in our show notes and some of that stuff as well. But uh, tell us a little bit about, you know, the content that we love so much that we've seen uh, from you, Vince. Yeah. So my, my approach is really, really simple. Like you said, it is old school. So um, I keep it I keep it that way because, you know, I find that a lot of the stuff that that I was watching that I was tuning into on TikTok because I spent a year just studying, you know, TikTok, Instagram, all these different social medias um, and specifically financial 
TikTok and financial uh, pages and niches and stuff like that. Uh, it was just a lot of gaslighting, you could say, or a lot of just overhype or a lot of taking, you know, traditional, regular things and, you know, twisting it to something that is not or, you know, big words and all that, all that type of stuff. So my approach was to keep it simple, really simplified, and most importantly, keep it relatable, right? Talk about things that people talk about, talk about things that are real life, stuff that I've gone through, that I've done myself, and that I do to this day. Um, what I've seen was a lot of people online, you know, talking about things that they probably don't necessarily do, but just regurgitate because they got the information from somebody. And I think that's what separated me from a lot of the other creators and other people that put stuff online is I'm, I'm actually doing it. Y'all, and y'all can relate to this too. You're actually doing what you talk about. So it's easy to talk about and it's easy to break down and simplify for people so that they get it and, you know, break it down in a way on these platforms so that, you know, more eyes can see it or more people can relate to it. So that's, that's basically my breakdown on everything that I put out. We see it a lot. Um, and we talk about it a lot. The, this guru mentality, you yeah. know, people st- standing in front of Bentleys or, you know, private planes and, you know, all this. And, and I really struggle with it. One, I'm from a very small town in Southern Indiana. And, you know, if you came in rolling like that, you, you wouldn't have any friends, you know, it's just not, I, I just don't believe that's how a person's supposed to act anyway. You know, I, I, I feel like, uh, you know, we're, we're called to be a little bit more more humble than that, but you know it's amazing, you know the reception that some of these some of these flashy people get on TikTok and Instagram and you know all of this that I don't know I get is it is it just that it's just so sexy you know to to for someone to see this like it, it drives me nuts. Yeah, it's it's crazy. So the the gold guru movement or whatever you want to call it is um like you said, it's ridiculous. Like I, I grew up to be humble. I grew up to, you know, not show people everything you got and you know, help people when you can and stuff like that, but not to be flashy or not to show off. So, you know, I think online is just what we what society has created is just a place where, you know, people can be, you know, whether whether they have it or actually can afford it or not. You know, people can show these things off and, uh, you know, that's where the attention goes. That's where it gravitates to. And, um, you know, for some people that works, for, for others that don't, you can, you know, you can tell who's real, who's not immediately online. And, I, you know, I think the main thing is just finding somebody or finding an um, a influencer or a creator or whoever you like that, you know, relates to you and that's real and that's authentic and can, you know, actually help you. And, um, you know, I think that's part of the reason what separates me was I, you don't, you don't have to be flashy. You don't have to do all those things, be yourself, be authentic, be you, show you, but actually be able to help people with the information you provide as well. So we just got to get over that, you know, that guru mentality and seeing all the flashy things, because sometimes that can be very misleading to and people. You, you, you say it, you say it very well. And yeah, we see it in, um, in in our industry, the real estate industry, where um, th- the thing that's really challenging for Scotty and I is there's this perception of obtaining massive debt. That uh, you know, if yeah. you, if you own anything, you're crazy. You should 
you know, leverage your your rental property to the hilt so you can get more, more, more. And you know, I, you know, we we watched it um, during the Great Recession. You know, when, when when people are leveraged to the hilt and then real estate prices retract a little bit, then people are upside down on not not two investments but twenty. You know, and it and it and it buries people and. You know, it's it's this whole concept of massive debt that has become so popular with uh, with the youth is, is is exceptionally puzzling. But you know, the you know something that inspires me whenever you know I watch um, your content is like it doesn't have to be so hard. You know, and, and the other thing is like people don't don't understand the value of compounding you know, interest in, in what investments, you know, can do. And I don't know if it's because they don't want to or if it's, or if that's just not as, as sexy as owning a bunch of uh, a bunch of rental properties. But, you know, Scotty and I both are, are big believers in, in what uh, the principles that you have. And it just seems like, you know, so much of our youth just simply not interested in it. Yeah, it's true. It's uh, if you if you go through my comments, you it's crazy. Just some of the stuff that people will say. Uh, they you know they they totally skip the actual information and go to you know something that's happening in the background, something that's happening on my face, <laughs> or you know something something ridiculous um, that's not even about the actual concept of the video. Uh, so you know, I think just the the younger generation. Everything has to happen fast for them. Everything has to happen quick. But what they don't understand is if you put some of these things in place that I talk about in my videos, the quicker that you put those things in place, how simple they are and traditional they are, the faster you can get to those other things that you want to do and actually be able to afford it and do it without having to worry about, you know, the things in the present. So that's 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 the main thing there. You just... You can't get so caught up with being flashy and all that stuff and and miss the message. Get the message so that you can then go be flashy if you want to. You can then go do those things that you want. Well, the thing that I don't understand, and, and we're we're relatively new still um, to social media, and you know we, we've uh, we've really stepped up our game a little bit, and we've uh, we've been pushing a lot out there. But one thing that we've learned the hard way is, man, all the hate. Like all these people hating, like, so like, like, why are you so mad? Like to hate me for for posting, you know, this stuff. Do you, are you to a point like where you get that that you just does it does it still bother you? And I'm saying that because like it still bothers me. Yeah, uh, nah, not as much. I would say in the beginning, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was, I would, I would spend you know a few minutes <laughs> on a comment, like just thinking, okay, what can I say to this person? But now. You know, I just I just rebut and, you know, um, I turn it to a positive pretty much everything because I try to answer everybody's comments. If it's too negative, I don't even pay it any mind. But, um, you know, if it's something that I, you know, at the time, I just feel like, you know, rebutting or say some, saying something back. I try to flip it into a positive. Um, I forgot what somebody said on my on my post one time. They, they said something, um, something negative about something that I was saying in the video. And I said, well, how, how about you you go and make content yourself about how other people can, what they should have said in their videos, and maybe that'll pop for you. So just turn up something positive, and yeah. then they, all of a sudden they turn nice, and they're like, you know what, that's a good idea. Maybe I should do that. 
So that's what I do now. It's, it's funny to me when I see those comments. You know, it, it's hard for me because, you know, whenever I, whenever I was a youngster, you know, um, cell phones hadn't hit their stride and, you know, text <laughs> messaging and social media. And, you know, I'm from a small farm town. And whenever, you know, some of the things that people will say on our post, I mean, those were the things that you get asked to go to the parking lot for, you know, yeah. where, where I was from. You know, we live in a day and age where there's so many cowards out there just mm-hmm. hating on money, Coach Vince, or the homeboys, because I think that – I don't know if it's jealousy or, you know, there, there's also a, a certain uh, – you know, resentfulness, I think, with people with success. People don't, 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 uh, which, you know, I never grew up that way. Like I said, you know, I'm a big motivational guy. And, you know, I talked mm-hmm. about some really rich people earlier. And, you know, I think they're studs for what, you know, for what they've done and their work ethic. But it seems like work ethic is just kind of going by the way. Do you, do you see that a lot as well? Yeah, yeah. They don't, they don't, like, they associate people that's successful or people that get a lot of views or, with evil i think and i think it just shows what's going on with them inside you know that's that's really what i think about all the time i'm like you know this person is putting out some negative energy that they have with themselves right some insecurities that they have within themselves but you know that work ethic part of it a lot of people don't want to put that in a lot of people want the easy way out a lot of people want to you know find some kind of hack or cheat code that's going to get them to where they want to be when we all know the reality, they know the reality that you gotta you gotta put in the work. It's gonna take some time to really get something sustainable. Well, I'll say this: it's gonna take time to have something sustainable that you can maintain. The things that can blow up quick can crash quick. Correct. So, it's funny that you use the the word hack and cheat code. Those are those are um, buzzwords that are thrown around in real estate all the time. And there's this there's this movement of people. You know, taking someone else's asset and being able to, you know, lease it, then turn around and 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 do make it an Airbnb or you know all these different ways um, to cheat. Where you know is where you know Scotty and I, you know, it was you saved money, you you bought a house, you fixed it up, you know, you 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 either sold it, you rented it, you moved on to another one. You know, you did it, you know, slowly, and then the volume, you know, picked up. It's just. Um, you know, and a lot of your your content, you know, speaks to, you know, simple savings techniques that work, you know, over time. And, you know, they can be really, really, you know, valuable, um, you know, when it comes when it comes to saving. So, you know, with your clients, are you seeing a lot of younger, you know, transforming younger people? you know, into, into being, uh, into being a client or helping them, or are you still dealing with, you know, more of the, uh, you know, call it 35 plus, you know, age people? Yeah. Um, I mean, recently I've been getting a little, little younger clientele. Um, but definitely in the beginning it was, um, you know, more 30, 30 plus, mm-hmm. I would say, um, I'm, it's still mostly thirties right now in that range. But, uh, but yeah, that, that range has really been where my clientele has been that, that 30 to like 40 range, 45 range. And just of late, I'm, I'm just now seeing, you know, some, some 25s, 26s trinkle in there, here, there. Cause I think it's so important. You know, I've, um, we've got, we've got some younger people that work here in the office with us. And I try to, I try to tell them like how important it is 
to start putting it away now and then what it yeah. what it grows to i was um i was very blessed that i had um a father that that uh that showed me that path early on. And, and, and I kind of get where some of the younger generation came because my dad would be on my case so much, you know, about, uh, you know, starting up a, a Roth IRA or, or going, you know, this route or that route. And, you know, whenever I was 22, three, four, five, man, it sucked. I didn't want to have to do any of that. But like now I look back, you know, as a, as a 43 year old man and, and, and what he had told me to do, and seeing what it has grown into, you know, it's remarkable. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's just these small steps that people can take to ensure financial freedom. You know, but one thing that Scotty and I are seeing a lot of, um, you know, we we posted a video of uh, Scott was talking about him buying a boat whenever he was like twenty two or three years old, and how he financed, right. yeah, so he financed one hundred percent of the boat, and. You know, the comments that we would get would be like, well, that's exactly what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to live your life and, you know, screw everything else. And, um, you know, I think people forget that you can save money and still live your life. You know, exactly. you know, Scott was going out on the boat four or five times a year. We're going to go rent a boat and, and, and not deal with that. You know, and we get a lot of pushback on that. Like, Oh, the homeboys are just talking about save, 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 and you guys aren't living. Well, I mean, that's quite the opposite. That's why Scotty's not with us right now. He's out tearing it up at uh, at Yellowstone. So, like, I think it's a common misperception. I'm wondering if you see the same thing, that people think that there's it's either save or live. Yeah, it's, it's I get that all the time. So whenever I sit down with a client, um, one of the first things I try to uncover is, you know, uh, the mental blocks that they go through, uh, especially when, especially if they don't, they don't have a savings, they haven't started saving and they don't track their expenses at all. That's, that's very important to me. If you don't do that, then, you know, doing anything else beyond that is going to be definitely hard for you going forward. So I try to uncover some of that stuff, uh, in the beginning, uh, with those, with those mental blocks and, um, you know, them being able to set that foundation, it's not a roadblock. It's not a, it's not a, it's not hindering you. It's you being able to um, give yourself access to money that in case something happens to you or something goes wrong, you have access to that so that uh, you don't have to go back to ground zero. You don't have to start all the way back over from scratch. And that's going to give you the ability to afford, you know, to do the things that you really love to do. And like you said, you can save, you can do all these things and still enjoy life. It's just about you planning and getting over that mental block that is going to restrict you from living. I've been living, you know, pretty good. I've been going on vacations and traveling back to Georgia and stuff. And this was before, you know, TikTok and all that, because, you know, I put those things in place. I have my money saved. I saved, but I also enjoy life with the money, that, with the extra money that I either worked to get you know, to make sure that I had extra money or that I just had on the side for saving. Yeah. It's, uh, like I said, you know, it, it, it's, it's amazes me. Like the, we talk about the workforce gap, you know, a lot and, you know, people, mm-hmm. people are really struggling to find people to, to work. Um, and we see a growing phenomenon on social media where, where people talk about, uh, being, um, being financially free, 
you know, much in a much different way. They're they're saying, well, don't don't save in a four hundred one k because that doesn't make you free because you're not free, you know, until later in life. You need to be yeah. free now. Go do um, you know uh, some kind of house hack four or five times. And it seems like that, you know, their definition of financially freedom, of financial freedom is to be able to not work, you know, and sit on, you know, sit on a couch for lack of a better word and, and just have some, some passive, passive income coming in. Are you seeing a lot of the, the same thing, you know, in like that younger generation? Yeah, they, yeah, a lot, a lot of them, a lot of people that I talk to, you know, DMs, comments, a lot of them, you know, they think that, okay, financial freedom is just me just doing absolutely nothing. And I just got a bunch of money coming in, you know, no responsibilities, no anything. That's, I don't, I don't know what industry you work in or right. any other industry that you can do that. But <laughs> if you can, if you can find that, let me know. But there's, it's not, it doesn't exist. You're going to have to put in some work, um, at least in the beginning, which is what I talk about all the time, to create that foundation and build that thing from scratch, build it up, and then create that foundation for yourself to then, you know, become financially free after that. But it's all about your mind. It's all about your mindset, how you set it up, how you set up your system, how you set up your foundation in order to get to that actual freedom that you're looking for. Right. Well, I kind of want to, to switch gears just a just a little bit, um, you know, love your work ethic, love love your your social media. We, like I said, me and Scotty share. We have so much in common. I don't follow the financial markets as much as I as much as I used to. I used to be I used to be almost married to it. Um, but, but I've got <laughs> yeah. I've got I've got someone that that uh, that does our company four hundred one k here that that is that has helped me out and. I was just bad at it. I just, I mean, I, I think people need to realize that, I mean, you know, you got to, you got to check your emotions at the door. And I let my emotions get yeah. away of my financial decisions. That's why having someone else, you know, managing it for you, I think is so important. I was just making a bunch of stupid decisions. You know, they say buy low, sell high, you know, I'd sell, sell low, buy high because my emotions <laughs> would get, would get, you know, in the way like the pandemic, you know, whenever the pandemic was going on, I'm calling my financial advisor wanting to, you know, sell off everything, you know, at 18 and then it goes to 36, but, you know, thankfully I had him in place to, to, to coach me through that. But man, there's a lot of volatility going um, on in the market. I, I, I follow what's what, like, basically I'm following the Dow Jones, you know, that's basically the extent of what I do these days, but you know, it's some uncertain times. Can you speak to, you know, what the current market climate is and what you recommend to people in such volatile times? Yeah, volatility is just normal in the market. Uh, it happens, right? There's ups and downs. Um, nothing goes straight up for forever, right? We all know that. That's in any industry, business, career, life, whatever it may be, there's going to be ups and downs. There's peaks and valleys, right? All that stuff. So right now, we're just seeing a bunch of volatility in the market. Um, I think what's causing a lot of this volatility is you know inflation and in overseas there's some uh, supply issues supply chain issues and things of that nature um as, as well as some other stuff right there was the war with ukraine and, and stuff like that but none of that matters <laughs> none of that none of that really matters because um that is all short term 
you know, we, we, like you said, you have to eliminate the emotions that's involved with investing in the stock market and all that, because it's, it's not rational. There's no way that you can think your way to be in the market consistently, um, over time. So, you know, the best, the best way to navigate these volatile times is to continue to invest like normal. Don't even look at it. Set it up automatically where you put money into the market every single month, no matter how much that is, right? Whether that's $100, $50, $25, $500, whatever that dollar amount is for you, it needs to be happening automatically and uh, without you, you know, having to manually invest that money. So that, that'll be the best thing for pretty much everybody to do right now. Because if you try to, you know, time the market and try to, you know, sell here and buy here and try to finesse the market, they say, it's not going to work <laughs> long term. It may, it may work in the short term. You may get a win here or there, but long term, it's not going to work for you. Yeah, timing the market, I mean, I've, I've been around long enough to know. I mean, it's 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 essentially impossible. Like people, yeah. you know, people think that. Um, you know, that they can, they can time the market perfectly, you know, you can't, and there's, there's things in place that even make that so much more challenging. You know, you see, um, you know, stock futures change so much and then you're not able to get into, into it till after the, you know, the, the, the bell opens and it's, it's just, it's exceptionally challenging to time the market. And I agree with everything you just said, and I can agree with you because I've actually not done a very good job at that advice. But yet I know it's, I know it's right. Like I, I was one in the past that, you know, that wanted to try to time the market or get in and get out. And, you know, over my 21 years of investing in the market, you know, you're right, set it and forget it and keep doing it. And over time, it will work. And I know that's really challenging for some people to see. It was challenging for me during the great recession to watch, 60% 60% of, you know, my portfolio evaporate, but the yeah. actuality, that was, that was the time of all times to be dumping more in. And if I could turn back the clock, you know, um, after the market went down 60, you know, percent in that time, you know, we should have been dumping it in there. And, you know, Scotty says that all the time on the show, you know, Warren Buffett said, when there's blood in the streets, buy, buy, buy. And it's so true. Exactly. Yeah, that's it's that's it's the best time, right? It's just, you like what I what I correlated to all the time is just you know those discount prices. You know, a lot. I, I'm not a big shopper, but I know other people shop online, and when they see those discount pr- prices, whether it's twenty percent, thirty percent, they jump right then. They go for it. They go they go buy whatever they whatever they're buying. The problem is they can't see. You know, with investing, it's not necessarily necessarily something that you get back, right? right? You're investing something for your future that can turn into something uh, greater in the long term. Well, we kind of like to close our, our show out with with asking uh, a series of three questions. And sometimes we have you know some real estate people on that we ask about real estate, but we kind of change the wording um, out for people in the financial industry. Um, yeah. It's just s- something that uh, we can kind of uh, scale back and, you know, get to know your past a little bit and also your advice for the next generation. But our, our first question, what is the best financial decision that you ever made, Vince? Man, uh, I think financially just investing in myself. Um, 
my business that I currently have now, it was just um, like I, I just fully believed in myself and being able to to and envision, you know, what's happening now as far as, you know, TikTok and um, Instagram and all these other social media platforms, just being able to impact a lot of people at one time, you know, jumping out during the time when, you know, I didn't necessarily have the money, had the money, you know, just money that I had that I wanted to invest, that I wanted to put towards myself. That was probably the greatest financial decision for me because, um, like I said, I, I set myself up. I created a foundation for me and my business, you know, to if I would have just started, you know, I'd have been in a whole bunch of trouble. So uh, I'm glad I had everything in place. I, I'm glad I went through everything that I went through because, um, you know, it, it definitely uh, ended up the right direction for me. I think that that's well said. I mean, investing in yourself is so stinking important. I mean, people, you know, they you, you've got to take care of yourself, you know, even, you know, from a physical standpoint, but, you know, pour into yourself because then that projects out to other people and you're able to help other people by, by making yourself better. I love it. Um, is there any financial decisions that you regret? Uh, so... Really, I'll do a real estate one. Um, a couple years ago, during the pandemic, my best friend was like, he he got a house down in South Carolina, in a new development, new place. That was this was right before the pandemic, or I think during the pandemic, mm-hmm. everything was down. Right? Um, he was like, grab it up, just you know, just get it, rent it out, whatever. I'll be down here. I'll take care of it for you. Just just do whatever. Right? While things are low, and. Um, I didn't take that opportunity at that time. Uh, he did. And, um, his house is more than doubled since then. Um, uh, easily, especially, you know, recently with the housing and inflation and stuff like that. But, uh, that's probably one that I regret. This happened recently. So, um, pretty big one would have been, would have been great to have that income and the asset, uh, double in that time period. Well, I've I've got I've got a lot of stories like that on my side, so I could I could make you feel really good. I've made a lot of bad, <laughs> you know. I'm on here spewing uh, real estate advice all the time. I could I could take a a month's worth of shows and tell you about all the bad decisions I've made in real estate, also. So yeah, you know, I can relate. Uh, lastly, Vince, what um, what financial advice do you have for the next generation? As I always say. Um, Start with the foundation. Um, spend less than you make. Save ten to twenty percent of your income. Uh, invest early and often as you can. Right, that's going to set you up for the financial freedom that you want, for the financial independence that you want. Right, get those things in place so that you can then go bet out, bet on yourself, put the odds in your favor, so that you can go out and do whatever you want to do. That's how I did it. That's how I'm gonna keep on preaching to people. That's what I'm. That's my story. That's what I'm gonna uh, stick to because that's what worked for me. And I'm gonna keep, uh, you know, expressing that and impacting people that way. Getting started, getting started early, is so important. I mean, it's just so yeah. important. You know, if I anything, I could just piggyback off of you to any of the young listeners out there. I don't care, you know, where you're at in life. And you know, like Vince said earlier, if it was twenty, fifty, a hundred dollars, whenever, whenever it is, you know, and setting up that system, man, it's so important. But uh, well, that is our show, Vince. I'm uh, I'm very honored and grateful that you came on and spent time with us. You know, we 
share a lot of the same views. We we are really excited to have you, you know, on the show. We're going to continue following you and your message, you know, to come. But we are, we are very grateful, and we thank you for coming on. Thank you all so much for having me, man. It's been it's been a blast, you know, here talking with you and um, you know, just just telling our stories and talking about ways that we can help the younger generation. It's important. Amen. Well, that's our show for this week. We thank you for kicking it with the homeboys. You got to check out Vince. Money Coach Vince. Look him up. Subscribe. Like. Follow him. He is a really smart guy, and his advice isn't overly difficult, but it's so smart, and it's so important. You don't have to make financial literacy so difficult, and his message is exceptionally powerful when it comes to that. So make sure you check out Vince Hollerman, a.k.a. Money Coach Vince. We thank you for joining us. Till next time, happy investing.